Welcome to the Lemon Tree episode two. This episode is on hopelessness. The second thing that is on the Satan's agenda calls Christians to become hopeless, not only in their faith, but in the surrounding elements that continue to bother us from day to day. We're going to be looking at several scriptures today. The first is Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14, if you want to go ahead and turn there first. And then we're going to be looking at Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 14. Then we're going to go to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Then Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Then Colossians 1, 12 through 15. Romans 8, 38 and 39, and Romans 5, 3 through 5. Now, if you want to get a pen and paper and write those down and replay those scriptures that we're going to be turning to, that'll be fine. We're going to go through the scripture because one of the things that we need to understand in our life is that bad things happen. Satan uses those things. Sometimes he uses depression. He uses anxiety. He uses all of these things to hide behind uh, a mental state that causes you these uh, conditions, and he will use that to create hopelessness, that God doesn't care about you, God's left you, nobody loves you, everybody hates you, you might as well go eat mud. But we've got better news for you today. So if you turn to Ezekiel chapter 37, let me set a little context behind this prophecy of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was one of the Babylonian captives. He was captured by Nebuchadnezzar in 586 BC when the Babylonians sacked Jerusalem, tore down the temple, took the people captive, and marched them from Jerusalem all the way to Babylon. They were slaves to the Babylonians, for 70 years. And during that 70-year time period, the Babylonians basically bred out all of the natural uh, Israelites. Those Israelites were in tribes. We had the 12 tribes of Israel. After the Babylonian captivity, you had no tribes in Israel. Everyone had been bred out. And so from that point in time, in 586 BC, there are no more tribes in Israel. So when they were in ancient Babylon, they were captives, they saw what was happening, the cry of the people in Babylon, the Israelites as captives were, we are no more. We have no hope. Our race, our religion, everything has been taken from us, and we have nothing. We are no longer a people, and they've given up. During this time period, you also have Jeremiah, who did not go into captivity in Babylon, but was left in Jerusalem. You have Daniel, the prophet, was a captive in ancient Babylon, and then when the Persians sacked uh, Babylon and became the world power, he became a figure politically with the Persians as well as the Babylonians. And so you have a time period of the, of the prophets that are talking about this period of the Babylonian captivity, and this is what Ezekiel is writing about. 
God has heard the cry of his people in Babylon and how they have stated, we are no more. I want you to look at Babylon, at, I'm sorry, Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. And Ezekiel writes, and this is in the New Living Translation as we always read from, the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I'll put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds. Son of man, speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and they stood on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we have become old dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to live again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O oh my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live again and return home to your land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I've done what I said I would do. Yes, the Lord has spoken. It's amazing that in 499, B.C., that suddenly the king of Persia was met by Nehemiah's cupbearer. And eventually he released Israel to go back as a nation in 480 B.C., and they came back, rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem, and we rebuilt the temple. And that temple that they rebuilt is the temple that Jesus walked through when he was living on this earth. What God said 
came to pass a hundred years later from Ezekiel 37. You say, well, Randy, that's nice. But what does that have to do with me and in my situation? And here's what I'm going to say to you this morning because I've got good news. The same God that breathed the breath of life into a bunch of dry bones over 4,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, is the same God today that can reassemble your spiritual, psychological, horrible position and put your bones back together. He can put the musculature back on your body. He can cover you with new skin. And most importantly of all today, he can breathe the same breath of life into you that he breathed into a people and brought them back out of captivity. And this day, you too can breathe, have God breathe the breath of life back into your spirit, and you will come back as a person, and no longer will you be hopeless, no longer will you have the depression. You will come out of this singing the praises of God himself. Now I want you to turn to Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And this is Jeremiah talking about that same captivity. And he says in 29, verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Now turn to Romans chapter 15. We're going to read verse 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now flip with me to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now flip one page over to Colossians. Chapter 1, I'm going to start with the 12b. That would be the second half of verse 12. It says, He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Today you don't have to live in darkness any longer. Today you can be filled with the hope of Christ in your life and he will change your life forever. Turn now to Romans, back to Romans chapter 8, and we're going to look at verses 38 and 39. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. 
Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love that God has and is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing that can separate you from God's love. I want to say that one more time. There is nothing that can separate you from God's love. Some of you may be listening to me this morning. It's 5 o'clock in the morning where I am. And you're thinking, nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. But I've got good news for you today because Paul just wrote and says, there is nothing in all creation that can separate you from the love of God. And I've got news for you this morning. God loves you more than you will ever, ever know. And he loved you enough to give his only son so that you can have eternal life through Christ Jesus. Finally, we're going to look at Romans 5, verses 3 through 5. Paul writes, says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. That's amazing. We are not alone. We are loved by the creator of the universe. We are, he is dying to have a conversation with you and to bring you out of the dark places of your life, those times when you don't think you can go another day. He has the ability to pull you out of the muck and the mire clean you up and say, son, daughter, it is time to move to the next chapter in your life. You are not hopeless. You have a hope in Christ. And today is the day for you to speak the words and change your situation that you're living in today. You have that ability because when we trust in God, God's going to answer our prayer and bring you out of the place that you're in today. Let's pray. Father, I pray in the name of Christ that those who are listening today that are having hopelessness overtake them. Satan has crowded their minds with doubt and fear and that there is no hope for them and that there is no love for them. Father, make yourself completely and totally available, not only available, but make them real to these that are struggling today. Pour out your love and your grace and your peace and show them that there is a hope that is in Christ Jesus. And if you're listening this morning, pray this prayer with me. If you're not a Christian, pray this prayer with me, your blessed Father. Forgive me of my sin. I'm a sinner. But I believe in Jesus Christ and that he is my only hope for salvation. Cleanse me from my unrighteousness and give me the righteousness of Christ today. I want to be crucified with Christ, and I want to be raised with him again, just like he was on the third day. Bring me back to life today, and give me hope and salvation 
fill me with your blessed Holy Spirit. If you said that prayer with me this morning, there is not a doubt in my mind that you are now a Christian and that you are a saved soul at, with the point of death comes that you have an eternal inheritance in the kingdom of God today. I want to thank you for listening. Share this with others. Tell them about the lemon tree. And we're going to be talking about anxiety on the next episode. Thank you.